This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. screen i wonder how i can take that off uh bear with me i hope we're all doing particularly well uh let's see will that take it off no okay tap on a comment to show it on the screen uh have we got comments on there we go it's a comment on brilliant technical difficulties straight off it's almost like ben's producing morning jim atkin uh, yes, yeah, so here we are up in the beautiful wolds of lincolnshire once again it is a fine morning the horizon over there is the North Sea, which I imagine is chilly. Um, but it's a fine morning, not because of the weather. It's a fine morning because, to everybody's relief, we picked up the win last night. And it was hard work at times, wasn't it? You know, I think I think sometimes you go to football to watch a game. Um, you don't always go to participate. I know a lot of supporters do. A lot of supporters sing every single game, but there is a huge portion of support who probably don't, a huge portion that go, they want to sit, they want to be entertained. Do you not want to be entertained? Or whatever it is that the gladiator says. Um, and, and that kind of is is what football can be about sometimes. Last night, everybody was needed. We take that off and we can dress up as Obi-Wan anymore. You know, last night, it wasn't just about going and being entertained, was it? It was about taking part. It was about making sure that we were the vocal support that Morecambe, to be fair aspired to but didn't have thought their support was very very good decent numbers for a relatively small team on a Tuesday night fair play to them hats off or hoods down uh, dare I say but I don't give a shit about Morecambe with the greatest respect uh, I care about Lincoln City and I think when I took my seat in the ground 
just full of apprehension. I mean, I was full of roast duck as well, courtesy of, of John Bates inviting me as a guest in the Legends Lounge. Thank you, John. It's the first decent meal I've had in a bloody week on this health kick. But um, I was also full of apprehension. And luckily, that doesn't have calories or up my cholesterol. Uh, but it does up my heart rate because, I, I don't know, Joe, you know I didn't think we'd win. Um, I was asked in the lounge beforehand what I thought the result was going to be. I said one all. We're always going to concede at the minute. Um, and until Joe Walsh has got 10 games under his belt and he's settled with, with hopefully Regan Paul and, and everything's kind of you know, padded down a little bit, we're still always going to concede goals. We were lucky not to concede more last night. So you always think the opposition are going to score. I had it in my mind that Morecambe were going to be robust, back to front, big lads, physically strong. I thought, well, we, can, we might breach that, that defence once, but twice, didn't see it happening. And as it was... Morecambe were actually really poor. You know, they were a really poor side. Um, they work hard for each other. Granted that, there's a lot of physicality. But dare I say, and I, I don't want to upset any Morecambe fans, if any watch, I don't want to upset them, but they look like a League Two team in League One. They look like a team that have come up and, and rather than adjust, have, have kind of gone strong, gone big. This is how we're going to stay up. Look, it works for Wickham. It's worked for Wickham since they've come out of League Two into League One into the Championship. So it's not an open criticism, but what it is, is me kind of saying this is a team that we should be beating. And that's arrogant. It's a phrase that I hate. But even just from the first five minutes, I thought it wasn't Morecambe that were going to beat us last night. It was us that was going to beat us. And we showed that early doors, didn't we? Um, Regan Paul with a, a kind of a loose pass back that was seized upon, uh, blocked as it came into the area, but, you know, a decent side, a side with quick attackers, probably, oh, there's a fan up here, probably should do better, probably should score from that. Um, and it just, it didn't help to settle my nerves. And then two goals, relatively quick. Um, and Lincoln City in early goals is not a good thing, is it? We saw it at Wembley, we saw it at MK Dons, we've seen it uh, at the weekend. You know, when we score early, we kind of, we're almost setting up the defend for our lives. I think, you know, in a lot of occasions when you do that and you set yourself up to defend and you're a decent side, you can do it. I think if Morecambe took an early lead last night, they win 1-0, honest, honest belief. Um, but when it's us and you take an early need, you lead, you think, right, we need two more. Because a 3-0 lead, yeah, I think we've got enough in us to defend that. But a 2-0 lead... You know, we were better than Milton Keynes on Boxing Day for large periods of that game. We had enough chances to score four. We lost 3-2. We matched MK at the weekend. But again, you take the early lead and you set yourself up. And, and yeah, just yeah, we took a lead against Shrewsbury. We didn't win the game. But an Albion didn't win the game. So even at 2-0, I felt nervy. Now, looking at the goals, not surprising to see Anthony Scully involved in both. Maybe a little more surprising to see Max Sanders' involvement, early doors, the pass before the assist, the pass before the pass that led to the assist. Um, and only surprising, I think, to uh, people who have doubted Max, which have got fewer and fewer 
you know, fewer and fewer people have looked at Max Sanders and gone, he's not up to it. We've, you know, a lot of people have been saying we, we would love to see him in the side. Um, and then got a Connor follower on Twitter message this morning said he's telling that man, Michael spoke afterwards about Max Sanders' metrics. You know, obviously, there has been something in what Max has been doing, both in training and in the games, that hasn't fitted Michael's ethos. And as fans, we see the end product. So we sit there on a, on a Saturday and we see a lot of effort from Max or we see brief cameos where, you know, he's fresh legs coming on against tired legs. And you say, oh, it's like he could do a job scored against Bowers and Pitsy a team, however many levels below us. And we're like, well, he was definitely man of the match. Yep. You know, football's a 90 minute game, not an 18 minute game. I understand that Michael sees something in players that we don't, doesn't see things in players that, that they display for a short time on a Saturday. But it was about time he got his chance. I thought he was outstanding. Um, John, as I mentioned in my write-up, John Bates, uh, awarded man of the match. He asked everybody in the group who they thought. It was tough in the second half because when you've had 45 minutes of a pretty dire football, arguably one of the worst halves of football I've seen this season from Lincoln, uh, it's hard to pick a man of the match. It really is. Half-time, he said, who's your half-time man of the match? Walsh was mentioned, Paul was mentioned, McGrandles was mentioned, Sanders was mentioned, Scully was mentioned. You know, that's, we talk about game of two halves, it, it really was. And I hate cliches, but I'm also happy to roll them out. And it was a game of two halves. So we got our two goals. Nice to see one coming from the right-hand side. I think a side that's not been productive for us in recent weeks. Um, I think Morgan Whitaker had a good first half. I think he drifted in the second. Maybe because we sort of had to go a little bit longer to counteract what they were doing. We didn't have any spells of possession. They were very good out of possession at times, Morecambe. And, you know, it, we didn't carve through them very often. And the occasions that we did, our decision-making was poor in the second half. So I think Morgan drifted. But I thought in the first half, we looked good. We looked better with TJ at right back than Ted Bishop. That's not a criticism of Ted either, because I think he's done really well. But he's looked like a midfielder playing right back. Um, he's looked like a player who's wanted to get on the ball and drift inside rather than outside uh, and carry the ball 40, 50 yards infield, whereas TJ feels like he's got more natural width. I think Morgan Whitaker will benefit from having a player uh, behind him who who is a, a kind of a natural wide defender because it will just stretch the game. And you know, We've looked good down the left at times in the last couple of weeks. Scully and, and Bramall's pace, which, you know, is, is, is undisputed, um, has caused problems. And it's certainly caused problems for the second goal. I mean, Bramall came from nowhere. And it was, you know, even watching on, you kind of, you're at 1-0, you know that Lincoln are going to concede. So 1-0 is a start of a 10. It's not, it's almost not a lead, is it? It's almost like, well, you know, we're going to concede. So it's, it's a starting block, but we need something else if we're actually going to, you know, to press on. And then from Scully holding onto the ball in the box, you think, oh, God, the chance has gone, you know. And he kind of, he almost does that thing that my dog does when, you want, when you're going to give him a treat and his feet kind of stamp, but he's in one place. And, you know, it's, it's his style. He's got an unorthodox style, Scully. But it was perfect. He was waiting for the right moment to release the ball to, to Bramall, who came in like he'd been fired out of a gun and it was a good finish. You know, even for the first goal, again, Naoma's gone into the box. You think for a crossing from where we were sat. Why haven't he crossed it? But when you watch the replay, he haven't crossed it because there's three defenders. It's going to get cleared. He's done just the right thing. And again, you know, a, a good effort from Scully cleared off the line for the goal. So good attacking intent. 
but it's almost like 2 0 is a kryptonite for us. And I mean, it wasn't against Oxford, I get that. But there was suddenly a nervousness like we're at 2 0. We don't go on and kill the game. Let's defend a 2 0 lead. And I'm sure that wasn't the actual mentality, but we went deeper. We started getting a little nervous in possession. I think a lot of supporters began to get quite nervous when we were in possession. I think uh, I, I felt, because around me at half time, everybody um, who I spoke to had kind of said, good half, just carry it on, we've done well. I texted my mate Chris and said, good half, yeah, we're all right. But uh, my mate Nick Pudsey came over and I kind of said to him, look, it's, I think there's a nervousness just in possession, just around the ground in the last 10 minutes. You know, They had the corner where there was the unmarked header that went wide. It's almost like the next 15, the first 15 minutes after halftime were utterly critical. And I write about it all the time. That, you know, we're so susceptible when we come out. And it's, always, it's not as if we're in the dressing room. It's just this, this nervousness. You know, like when you're on your driving test and you've done well, but you get a couple of minors. And, and you know, I'm thinking back to my driving test, which was you know, so long ago. It was almost with the reins on four legs rather than a car. But I think back and I remember seeing you know, it was every little minor that the instructor put on the sheet, I got more nervous and I committed more minors. I was thinking, I'm going to fail this. And I hadn't failed it. And that's the silly thing, but I kept thinking, I'm going to fail this. And then it was another minor and another minor and five times I failed. And it was nerves every time. One time I was so nervous after, after getting one minor early doors that my foot shook on the, uh, on the clutch and I stalled the car and automatically failed. Just through nerves, not through any error, just through nerves. And, I think that's one thing with our team that you have to say is that we we occasionally, it's not that we lack character, it's that we lack confidence. And and when you lack confidence, you lack composure. And I think one or two of our players lacked confidence, certainly in the latter stages of the first half, absolutely in the open stages of the second half. And you can almost point to one or two of the players who do. I think Cohen is a player who feeds from positivity and bleeds uh, when it's negative. I think TJ is the same. I mean, the pass back from TJ to, to Josh Griffiths in the second half that, you know, they should have scored. Iunga should have scored from that. It was just one of those passes where, you know, he's got the ball and he's almost like, I don't want to take ownership of this. And that's no criticism. TJ had a good game, but it's just those nerves. I think Adelican didn't get on last night, but he's a complete confidence player. You know, when Lincoln play well, Adelican plays well. Best games I've seen him play, Bradford away in the cup, scored, you know, looked a quality player against lower league opposition. Cambridge away, 5-1, scored in the first minute, different player all game. Played very well when we beat MK Dons 2-0, up until MK Dons started coming back into the game. So confidence player. I think we've got a lot of them. And, and that's not to say that they lack character, as I say. It's just, I think, I think it's particularly why our home form is not so good as well. Because when you're nervous and you're away at Sunderland and your fans are stuck right up in the top corner and they get nervous, you can't feel it. And I think when Sunderland scored, that was shown that we showed that nerves a little bit after after their goal got it back. But then because that wasn't seeping through from kind of everywhere around, we were able to dust ourselves down pretty quickly. Whereas Burton, when we conceded the goal, we couldn't shake it off. There was the nervousness, MK Dons, we couldn't because there's, there's 7,000, 8,000 fans all around. And I think you feel it, you know. It's not even voicing a displeasure, is it? It's not even fans going, boo. Oh. I mean, when you sigh when a, a ball's played badly, right? and there's a thousand of you do it, 
not purposefully. You're not doing it, oh, for fuck's sake, Maguire. That's not why you're doing it. You're doing it just because there's a move and it breaks down and it's just a natural exhale. But when 1,000 people or 2,000 people or 3,000 people do that exhale, it feels like a, an entire stadium going, oh, God. And if you think about you doing whatever you do for a job, if you were doing it and you, you made just an error, just a slip, we all do it every day. I made one when I started this 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 um this video broadcast. I had the comment on the screen at the bottom, uh, intentional to call back to it, of course. Um, but you make that error. Imagine if 3,000 people went, oh, when you made it. Not at you, just at the situation. It would get to you. Did last night, did in the second half last night, and the fans were brilliant. I'm not saying anything negative about the support last night. Good numbers, by the way. Tuesday night, three home games on the bounce. You know, we were probably 500 below what we average on a Saturday, um, but it's difficult. Anyone looking at the fixture list will go Saturday, good one to go to, drink on the high street beforehand, go to that. Doncaster on a Tuesday, good one to go to, plenty of atmosphere. Morecambe of the three, least appealing. No atmosphere, lots online, not just uh, not so, lots on the line rather. Not done particularly well in the games running up to it. That's the one people are going to bin off. I actually thought seven thousand five hundred was decent in that respect. I really did. Um, but it was tough in that second half. It was tough to watch, uh, and one of the reasons that it was made a little easier was the fact that I'd look at the clock and it'd be. Oh, there's 25 minutes left yet. And then there'd just be six or seven minutes of nothingness. The ball going back to front. How many times did Trevor Carson kick the ball out of his hands for them and it went out for a goal kick at the other end? And then we just took our time a little bit. And I haven't mentioned that in the article, but there was actually a degree of game management from Lincoln, which helped kill the clock. It helped make it feel a tougher game, particularly after their goal. And look, their goal isn't the weakest that we've conceded all season. I actually don't think that it was a free kick um, that, that the boy got. I thought the referee was, when I say average at best, you know, a six out of ten is a referee that you go, yeah, I'd have again. I think he was a five. He wasn't a three or a two because he didn't make any major decisions wrong. But I think one or two things he did get. A little awry, that free kick was one of them. But those things happen. We got some free kicks that weren't free kicks as well. But when we give a free kick away 30, 40 yards from goal, you think we're going to struggle to defend it. They pulled a long throw out in the second half. You thought, oh, God, where's that come from? We're susceptible from those. Joe Walsh added a little bit more stability. But the free kick played backwards, by the way, just for those that don't like it. He had actually played a free kick 40 yards from goal, slightly backwards, launched in. Simple. Nobody picking up the man on the edge of the area. And if you look at the reaction of the players in the area, when their player picks it up on the edge and, and just rifles it through, there's a real anger he hasn't been picked up. There's an anger for me that he didn't block it, I think. But we got lots of blocks in later, later on. We're always going to concede a goal that we didn't give. We, get, we tried to give them goals last night. They didn't take any of the ones that we gave them, um, which was good. And then I just yeah, the crowd began to kind of realise how important I think it was, maybe with the new anyway, but the support was superb. I was down in block two and lots of the songs spread right the way down. Doesn't always happen. I normally sit in block uh, three, I think it is. I can't even know block I sit in. Um, and, and, and you don't always get the noise coming down, but there was an awful lot of noise right away along that stand. I think everybody in the ground understood what was needed. Michael's comments have obviously helped. Yeah, and, and Steve O'Dare commented on Twitter yesterday when I, I put the thing on about the day before about, you know, your club needs you and all that. He said, real fans shouldn't be told. I'm not so sure because, like I say at the beginning of the of the video, 
you know, a lot of people go to football to watch football. Don't a lot of people don't go to to have a drink and sing and shout, and that's their decision. And I think when you're at home, you get more people like that. When you go away, I think there are more who who sing. It's why traditionally I think teams are louder away. Yesterday felt like an away crowd at home at times, and that that was great. And then we just, you know, we kept killing time. Every so often we had to go at shooting ourselves in the foot, but thank God we missed um, on several occasions. And when we didn't, they did. You know, there was some errant passes. There was some nervous play. But there was also moments where we put bodies on the line. Check my dog. What's he doing all the way up there? Unbelievable. Can you see him? All the way up the top of that bloody hill. Miles behind. Um, yeah, we. I think... There were some big characters in the latter stages of the game with that, that showed application, not necessarily attributes, um, bodies on the line, players getting in blocks, players getting in tackles. There was a couple of tackles that were bordering on tasty. We seemed to have a little bit more strength when a player's lost the ball. I watched Max Sanders give the ball away and then chase it 25, 30 yards to, to get back in front of his player on the edge of the area. Respect that. If you give the ball away, make it up. Regan Paul did it in the first half, gave the ball away, made up the miles, got back, stop the stop the chance, don't stand, don't make a half-hearted chance. You know, you've made the error, now atone for it. And if you do, the error can almost be forgiven. I thought McGrandles and Sanders were excellent, nice dynamic. I like the look of it. Uh, I'd like to see more of it. I said when Sanders signed, I thought he was a natural successor to Bridcut. Yeah, and I think everybody's kind of been saying we want to see more of Max Sanders, and I hope this is the start of a run of games for him. But again, as uh, Les Daubney said on one of my Facebook posts, um, let's not and let's not say that we won last night's game because Fiorini was dropped and Sanders came in. It's not entirely the reason. There's also the fact that we were playing a team in the bottom five rather than a team in the top three. Um, this is why we sorry won last night, last night not lost or whatever. Um, so there's also the team that we were playing. Had Fiorini been playing, would that necessarily have meant that we wouldn't have last night won last night's game? Absolutely not. Same with Colin in the ten row. Wouldn't have made a, you know, wouldn't have been necessarily a different game. But the players that did come in, I think there was a there was a thinking behind it. Almost certainly, they were always going to pump the ball forward. Likelihood is that when that ball comes forward, they're going to look to not only either flick it on, but if they're deep and in the area and you can't flick it on, they're going to look to nod it down. So we're going to need a um, a strong presence in front of the back four, which is going to be the two, the double. And I think Luis Fiorini, who is a good footballer, doesn't operate in that role as well as Max Sanders. So I think that was the thinking of bringing Sanders in. And also the fact that it's, you know, our second game of four in the space of however many days. So you know, 10 days or whatever. So, you know, there's also that fitness angle. And I think with Liam Cullen, you look at the goal that we gave away uh, against MK, he's too far forward. Maguire links better. Liam Cullen's a nine. He's signed for us to play as a nine. He's a centre forward. Chris Maguire is not. Chris Maguire is a 10. He can play out wide as well, but he drops deeper. I mean, Maguire, by the way, was very poor in the second half, but respect him for never giving up. Because when you're having a bad game, it's easy to hide. And that's one thing that Chris Maguire never does. He doesn't hide. You'd imagine he could be getting mauled by a bear. You're having an absolute nightmare. And instead of crawling behind a rock, he'd just come out for a little bit more. Like, come on, let's keep having a go. And I kind of, again, I respected that from him. And also in the latter stages, you know, his leadership, he wasn't captive, but his leadership was evident with the moment with their boy and they had a little scuffle. And, you know, they actually their lad was lucky because he put the hands round. Maguire's throw, but it wasn't spotted by the robust linesman, let's say, uh, on one flank and the referee. I mean, you know, yellow cards were fair enough in that instance, but 
other referees see the hand around the throat and they want to hear the, the roar of the crowd and pull the card out. Um, and then as he's done that, he's turned and he's gone, you know, come on to the supporters. Kind of like that. They did the, the fans didn't need it, but I think it was almost like that. Here's some interaction. You know, it's not just what we're doing with the ball. Here's some interaction with you. Come on, we're in this together kind of thing. And, and that set the tone for the final kind of two or three minutes of injury time. So fair play to that. And he's good at that. He's a shit house. Always like his antics, um, but I, I I can understand there that they were they were perfectly timed. So, and so that's that. We got the we got the three points, massive three points, five now between us and the drop zone. I'm looking at the next three games. I personally think four points. I think next to nothing from um, Wickham. I think next Tuesday could go either way. It's another must not lose rather than a must win against Doncaster. You know, they're, they're not they're not looking as bad as they did, but they're not a good side. You see three points from that and then you can go to Fleetwood and go, well, we can draw this because they're needing to catch us up a little bit, aren't they? And they're on a bit of a run at the minute, not winning games, but not losing games. In an ideal world, you take six from these next three. And, you know, at the minute, Lincoln seemed to win one, lose one win two, lose two. And so you're looking then at an average of one and a half points per game. I think we've got one and a half points per game between now and the end of the season. Probably stay up. Just probably stay up. So I think it's crucial. I think come the end of the Fleetwood game, we'll either be sat there thinking, not mathematically, but you'll be sat there thinking, well, there's a lot of teams that are in it more than more than us now. Or we'll be right in it and we'll be looking forward thinking, right, March, April, we've got to get some some points and and that pressure will always be there to get those points. I'm not saying that we can be blasé and shrug it off. But, you know, if we were to beat Doncaster and Fleetwood, for instance, add another six points to where we are, you'd imagine Morecambe might pick up one, maybe three. You could suddenly open the gap over them to eight, 10, 12 points. Once you've got that sort of gap between you and the teams below you have got 13, 14 games to play, not only have they got to make up the 10 points that you've got, but they've then got to make up, let's say, the 15 that you win. If they've then got to take 25 from their left, it's, it's easy to say they're three or four wins behind us, but the reality and the practicality, when you know you will pick up points here and there, is that it's a bigger gap. That gap looks like that now. 2010-11, you know, it wasn't a bigger gap because we didn't get bugger all out of our last 11 games. But this Lincoln City side will always grind out a point here, a win there. It will always happen. So, you know, in reality, five points. In real terms, you feel that that's a nice barrier. And as the games begin to tick away as well, you know, teams are now into 30, 15 games left, I think, for Morecambe, 45 potential points. If they've got to make up kind of 10 on us by the time, by two weeks' time, we're just looking a lot safer. So I'll sleep easier. I'll sleep easier. Right, let's have a look at some comments because I'm coming up to uh, a farmer's kind of route through and there's sugar beet being done and all sorts here. So uh, I'll have a look through. There's that comment again for you. See, that was purposeful. Uh, Kev Green, morning, guys. Great to get three points last night. 100%, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant feeling. Uh, Martin Gray, bread and dripping for my tea last night. I've got to cut out bread, Martin. The old, uh, for those who, who haven't known, I've had a couple of ECGs, the old chest pain here and there. Um, which hasn't been great. So I'm on a bit of a different diet. No chips, no fizzy pop, no chocolate or sweets. Uh, so it was really nice last night to have a little bit of roast duck. Absolutely beautiful, good food. Uh, Mr. Godson, watching from across the wash this morning. Dull and overcast over there. Interested to know where you are, Richard. We're going to um, Stiff Key in March. 
might even miss the Sunderland game. Made a, a, a fatal error and booked an uh, accommodation. We, we stayed the Friday before the Sunderland home game and are coming home on the Saturday. So got to get back from Stiffkey to Louth, drop Fee and the dog off, unload the car, then get into Lincoln to watch the game. It's going to be tight. Blake Hutchinson, great surname, my friend. Good morning. Uh, Mr. Dawson, good morning. Tom Palmer, morning to you too. Pete, morning. How you doing? Pal Morkham and on league club in League One for fair play to them. They're overachieving massively. They've been on the cusp of relegation from League Two for so many seasons. Their uh, promotion surprised everybody, I think, last year. What you've got to respect, I mean, I, you know, I say they're the worst team or one of the worst teams to come and play. They are. You have to respect that they came up and then their manager kind of defected and went back into League One, uh, back into League Two rather. You know, they signed a whole new squad virtually. It was almost like a complete reset. And with the budget that they've got as well, I, I don't want to sound disrespectful to them. They, they're not a good team in terms of teams that we've played. Um, but if Stephen Robinson keeps them up and Paul Warren takes Rotherham back into the championship, Stephen Robinson should be closer to manager of the season than Paul Warren should, in my opinion. In fact, if Stephen Robinson keeps Morecambe up, I dare say that the only manager who might be uh, more likely to get manager or should be more likely to get manager of the year uh, would be Mickey Duff at Cheltenham, keeping them up. Michael Duff at Cheltenham. They're the, they're the two. You, you keep those two teams in League One with the budgets you've got. You're a hell of a manager. Fair play. Uh, Mr. Godson, a word in defence of Ben Houses dribble back to the centre circle. I had to watch an iPlayer last night and had the benefit of the commentary. I was watching from Mark home seat and he and I could see there was nothing on from no teammates offering opportunity for a pass. Good point. I didn't pick that up in this video. I had in my um, in my uh, in my my write up. I actually thought Ben House's cameo was kind of almost like a best and worst of real, wasn't it? Because he's made the run down the left and he's cut in, he's done really well. And you look at him, you think, oh, who's this boy? Like, he's got a bit about him and he has, and I think he'll be a good player for us. And then he gets the same down the right and popping up on either flank, you know, that shows a little bit of versatility. And then he's run back towards the centre circle. I, it, there wasn't a lot on for him. Um, I think you try and win a corner, don't you, in that respect? You, you keep the ball in that corner. I just think he showed a little bit of naivety heading back towards the centre circle. But it's only his second football league game, or second game for us, rather. So, um, yeah, I, I think he'll be I think he'll be good. Martin Gray Walsh showed his class in his first game back. Brilliant. Yeah, I like Joe Walsh so much. Um, it just breaks my heart with the injuries that he's had. I, I think he's the best centre-back that we've got on our books. Um, he's just got a bit of class about him. He's more of an old-school centre-back and put himself in for headers and tackles. A bit, a bit like Regan Paul, to be fair. Regan Paul, in, in five years' time, might be the right-sided defend, you know, equivalent of Joe Walsh. Um, you know, Regan's certainly a very, very good defender. So it's nice to see those two. I'd like to see those two now get a run of 10 games. Whether Joe will be able to do that Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, I don't know. But it'd be nice to see a little bit more settled. Um, Mr. Goff, fair comment giving Sanders man of the match but if Bridcup plays the second half is far more comfortable 100% that is close to our strongest lineup, Barley and Bridcup and when you say you're close to your strongest lineup, bar your captain, leader and inspiration whether he's injured or not that's kind of, you know, it's like saying Phew, that's the best cake ever, bar the fact it hasn't got the icing on it, you know, it's a nice cake then but the icing makes it, doesn't it? Liam Bridcup makes this Lincoln City side. Had Liam Bridcup played 35 games and not 20 or however many played last season, we'd be a championship team now. Had he played every game this season, we wouldn't be looking down the table, we'd be looking up. Um, however, had he not played in any of the games last season or this season, we would have been much lower than we are, in my opinion. So he is the one player where you look at the injury record and you go, I'll take that. I'll take 20, I'll take 20, 25 games of Liam Bridcut, knowing what he does off the field, 
rather than saying, well, we'll have his wages. Because people say, well, if it was on Bridcut's wages, I think, one, how do you know what he's on? And two, believe it or not, I don't know. When I went to the transfer breakdown with just George, he suggested there was a wage cap that we won't break that was a certain level that isn't unrealistic and unbelievable. And it was, it was a few grand a week for me and you, it was, you know, it, it was good wages. It was, you know, more than a monthly wage for us, but it wasn't five, six, seven grand a week. And so if you think that Liam Bridcut's on five, six, seven grand a week, you'd be wrong. So it's all right to say he's a waste of money, but when you've got five or six players injured out and they're all earning two, three grand a week, it's a little bit different. Liam Bridcut's one that we can take, one that we can have in my opinion. Leicester Butter, when we have the ball in our half, why do we pass back to the keeper and push on ourselves? It's our, I mean, it's what we do. I think for a while last yesterday, we tried to go longer and keep the ball out and it didn't work either. Um, I don't think we put pressure on ourselves. I think it depends on the team. We play pressing high and putting pressure on us. Um, but it's the way we play. It ain't going to change. And that's not because Michael's stubborn. That's because it's the club's idea from top to bottom. And, you know, it's probably as much director of football and, and, and chairman and everything. That's the way Lincoln needs to play football in order to attract young players. You know, we got a Charlie Kendall scored last night for Eastbourne. We've got a jump on everybody with Charlie Kendall. There, the Eastbourne guy said lots of people were watching him. You know, a player like that does not want to go to a Gillingham where the ball's hoofed into the air all the time or a Wickham, not as much. A Manchester City or a Manchester United don't want to loan the finest talent that they've got into our division for that to happen if we were playing long ball would we've got Brennan Johnson so yeah it's frustrating and it frightens me Lester it frightens me at times but that's how we play football right now and you know there was a time back in the 90s where we'd say every time we get the ball why do we hoof it into Danger Alley that was how John Beck played that was what we did um, I think we mix it up a little bit I agree I mean it's frightening it's frightening, but I'd rather be a League One team playing out from the back than a League Two team booting it from back to front. I really would. Mr. Bart, I'm very nervous. Second half, looking back at the highlights this morning, they pressed us higher and again, we struggled to get out. Effort was pleasing. No, we did struggle to get out. They did press us high. They were very physical, more physical than us. I think we lacked a physicality. We're getting it back in. Marquis, I thought, had a, had a decent game. Obviously, Joe Walsh spoke about Regan Paul. Yeah, I just feel the physicality we need a little bit more of in midfield. Maybe a few a run of games from Max Sanders and you'll see that added. You know, we need that snap and that bite. Um, Mr. Tong, morning, Jake. Morning, guys. What a win. Gives us a free hit for Saturday, Max. Absolutely superb. It does give us a free hit for Saturday, in my opinion. We can go into that game and if we get nothing from the Wickham game, we know we're not going to be in the bottom four. We know that you know there are going to be teams around us drop points. And as I've said, when games are running out, it's, yeah, it's massively, massively important just to keep picking up the points, making them look and think, well, we need to get six more points than Lincoln get in two fewer games between now and the end of the season. Can we do that? Probably not. I don't know. Andrew Robinson, morning, Gary. Fantastic win last night. Must stop giving ball away. It was great to see Max play. And yeah, I, I, you know, one or two of the passes that we made went going astray. Groans and sighs. I think, as I said earlier in the video, it's nervousness. Dan Hardy, Marquis hardly had a sniff of goal, but his work rate was top draw last night. Need to get a contract on the table for him for next season. Interesting, isn't it? Marquis is kind of the the hero. Charlie, come on. Sorry about that. Marquis is he's kind of the hero, and I think his work rate is matched by Tom Hopper's. But I think maybe Tom doesn't quite have the same instinct of getting in the area. I don't know. Um, 
I mean, Marquis certainly worked hard. I think he worked as hard as Tom does when Tom plays. Just interesting for me, that contrast. Marquis three and three, he's the hero. Tom, not quite got the goal scoring record, works just as hard. He's not. Interesting. Dave Phillips still buzzing. Yeah, me too, mate. It's why I've ended up doing a, a video when I've come out straight after a ride up. Mr. Daubney, morning, my friend. When Cullen plays, we have 4 4 1 1 formation. With Maguire last night, it was more of a 4 4 2. I felt actually differently. I think when Maguire plays, we we have more of a 4 5 1 formation with Maguire at the head of kind of a five man midfield because I think he drops deeper and picks it up. Whereas I think when Cullen plays, we're almost more 4 4 2, but a flat 4 4 2 with a big a big gap. Interesting, isn't it? How tactics are perceived. I think it shows at times formation can be overrated. Uh, Andy Gray, Griffiths distribution is getting worse. Frustrating, yeah, but he did make a hell of a save, so I'm not going to call a goalkeeper that, that rectified his own mistake in the way that he did. Mark Talkington, morning, my friend. Enjoy seeing McGrandles going mad last night. Yeah, do you know what? I loved that. I loved that. God, he was angry. And he didn't know where to direct it. It was going out on the left. It was going out where the ball first came in. And I thought, that's it. That's passion. McGrandles looks like a player who's playing freely now, unlike at the beginning of the season. It's great to see him back on form. Shame that I doubt we're going to sign him for next year. But there we go. Uh, Carl Reeves, morning, my friend. Massive three points, Gary. Max Sanders was awesome. We really struggled to get over the line, but hopefully now it'll kickstart us. Yeah, I, you know, I think in terms of kickstarting, as it's, I agree. I see where you're going with it. I think it's a bit late. I think what we just need to do is perhaps, yeah, okay, correctly, kickstart a little run, get, you know, nine points from 12 or, or 10 points from a possible 15 or something like that. And then you can go, right, we'll breathe now. And then you're looking again at up at next season. Jake Tong, he's back on John Marquis. Marquis just gets it, the clapping at the end, the passion. Um, write that contract up. I, yeah, I like to see that. I like to see the player that has the awareness, not just to go, over to the fans and applaud, which is, you know, is a prerequisite in this day. But then to walk along the front and almost go right down into the corner and, you know, he, he, making eye contact with certain fans as well. He wasn't clapping while looking around the pitch, nodding at his friends. He was looking at the crowd as he was walking along. And I don't think every player will do that. It's not every player's style. I think your, your management team are different to previous management teams. But you do want that player, that connection. Tom Hopper gets it. And there are, there are very few differences between Tom Hopper and John Marquis. Um, apart from you know, 105 goals in five and a half years is one, obviously. Um, but in terms of the way they play, in terms of their attitude, in terms of everything, there are similarities between the two, which is interesting. Uh, Kev Green, Griffiths makes some outstanding saves and doesn't make mistakes, but he really needs to sort out his kicking. Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. People have obviously picked up on that more than me. Um, I think probably he's not a keeper that's been brought in for his kicking and we did look to alleviate some pressure at the time. We've got to have something to aim at as well. I thought aerially we've got Marquis but Scully and Winterfell on the wings, you know, not aerial type of players. I thought Trevor Carson's distribution equally was very, very poor for them last night. Um, you know, and, and Trevor Carson was a keeper I think could have kept us in the Football League in 2010-11. thought he had a decent game last night but, you know, his kicking was very good from when he was under pressure, when he was being chased down, Carson. So, And finally, Nick, hope you're well, my friend. Massive result for last night, City. Yeah, I felt like that. I got home last night. And, you know, I was going to do my write-up and did half of it and then picked up the other half this morning, but I just couldn't go to sleep. I really couldn't. So, Right, well, that's that. I've got this to negotiate now, uh, which is fantastic. It's not a problem for me, but it is for the dog. For those listening in on the podcast, because it will be released as a podcast special, it's a huge, great, dirty puddle. Good job I got me well is. Um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant result last night for Lincoln. Not a brilliant performance in terms of the way that we played our football, but you have to say a very strong performance in the way 
that we stuck at it, the way that we bounced back from conceding the goal, the way that we put our bodies on the line late on. Like Carl Reeves, I hope that he does start a mini run. Start our season. We just need to kick our season, I think, <laughs> rather than start it. Just need, excuse me, a little, little boot up the arse. Get ourselves up the table. And you look up as far as probably Portsmouth below that, your Accrington's, your Burton's, your Cambridges. But I'm not being arrogant. We should be better than those teams. We should. And I think with the full team we are, Joe Walsh coming back could be massive. It could be a, a turning point from relegation candidates at mid-table also rounds. And right now, I'll take that. I'll take that. Somebody said you get 1.5 points a game. It's going to be boring stuff at times. But you'll stay up. I'll take that. I'd love to walk away from the ground and not feel that deep, empty pang of, oh, we're getting dragged into this, which I did. I felt it on Saturday the end of the MK Dons game, just like, oh, no, surely not. I can't go on Twitter and and yeah, read people's justified comments about we're in a relegation battle and um, you know unjustified comments at Appleton out and we're not good enough. I, yeah, it brings me down. It brings me down. And not, not because I'm a sycophant, just because I care about this football club and I hate, I hate unjust criticism. I'm happy with just criticism. I'm happy to say, like last night when we haven't played well, but Appleton out is such a, in my opinion, is such a short-sighted approach from people who look at results, not performances. It's just nice, isn't it? I'm not going to be arrogant. I'm not coming and say, well, he's answering these critics, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, just in there, I don't give him sole responsibility for the six. You can't give him you know, sole responsibility when we do well. Mike's manager, he's managing the team very well under at times difficult circumstances. I really do. One last comment here from Molly Wallhead, which I really like just before we go. Felt so good having stinging palms and a hoarse voice after that. First half was the light, twitchy second half, and kept believing. I like that. I like putting those kind of real uh, descriptive words, stinging palms, hoarse voice, because we can all identify with it and we don't often articulate it. It's quite correct. Stinging palms, hoarse voice, high heartbeat. Slight pains just here, unfortunately. Uh, that's the nerves. Um, but there we go. Right, I'm going to leave you to it. I've got through the muddy puddle now. I've got to get myself home. My dog, just a minute, looks filthy. Can you see him here? Look at his paws. Yeah, very good, Charlie. So that's that. Up the imps. Enjoy your day, everybody. Uh, and we'll be back on Saturday. Take care. Go on, man. It's the 90th minute. And all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.